Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror, a Latinx Horror Movie Podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hi. Hi. How are Hello. you? How's I it am, going? I am half of my body in a bunch of clothes that aren't mine because mm-hmm. I'm in a different closet today because uh, it's the week of Thanksgiving yes, and is. I'm doing a solid to my buddy Mariola and hanging out with her dog Ramona. You're a good friend. It's so sweet of you to do this for for your friend. It's mostly for me. I, I mean, want to hug Ramona, Ramona and hold her deeply. She's beautiful. Oh, she's such a good girl too. Oh, so Just sweet. Very cute. I love yeah. her. Anyway. Yeah. Great to see you. And you, Super a busy excited. boy. Oh, my God. I've been so busy, everybody. I'm back on the boards of Ford's the... Theater. <laughs> it's that time of year again where we ask everybody that's in the Washington, D.C. area and Virginia to please go see Johnny B. Bob Cratchit in your favorite play and mine, The Christmas Carol. <laughs> the Christmas Carol, which our official title for the show over at Ford's Theater is A Christmas Carol, A Ghost Story of Christmas. So it is, uh, cool. you know, spooky. We do like kind of, uh, I mean, it is a ghost story, A Christmas Carol. So we do Literally kind of- Literally three of them. Absolutely. Plus a four if you count a- Oh, four, 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 four. four, four, yeah, four, yeah, four, yeah. four, four, four. If you count uh, Marley- <laughs> So, you know, uh, if you're into Christmassy shit and spooky ghosts, come on out, everybody. I'll be there till December 31st. Eileen will be coming, uh, I think. Yeah. At the end of December. So, uh, uh, come with her. (laughs) Yeah, come with me and... I the only reason I go it's not for Johnny it's because uh-huh. my quest in life is to see Abraham Lincoln's ghost at the Ford's Theater. Listen, oh my gosh, it's totally. all I want. Yeah, it's all I all I ever want to do is try and look over to that that booth and see if that stovepipe hat and beard Will are sitting to you. there. Yeah. With a hole in his head. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not talking ghosts today, though. No, this we're not doing ghosts. No. I uh, I have picked a film for us this week where I'm traveling. I'm like taking what we did last week and keeping it going yeah. and doing a little bit more cannibalism vibes. Absolutely. And I'm actually very surprised that we have not done this movie already. Well... Here comes some shout outs. Everybody get your shouts on because uh, this movie first came into my uh, orbit from our then producer. She has now left Sonoro Podcast and we miss her dearly, Jasmine Mm -hmm. Romero, who basically was like, she's. She loves cannibals, and she was like, "You guys should." I love cannibals. Watch local. <laughs> she loves. She loves them. And then we got a second request for this film from our dear friend from Aberdeen, Scotland, uh, Alan. Oh uh, my gosh! Very sweetly, I'm pretty sure this is the first movie that he requested from us and ages been, ago. We yeah, we keep saying, Alan, we got you. We're gonna do every it. We're gonna time. Get we're you like a movie, bud. Thank you so much for your support, Alan. By the way, Alan, if you're listening, listen. Thank you so much for your support, and it's about fucking time. It's about fucking that we're time. We're like, okay, it's about sorry, damn time. Senor, we're going. 
<laughs> yeah. We're going to do it. And not for nothing, I do feel particularly happy that we have at least one person in Scotland, the land of my father, yeah. to be uh, supportive of us. So thank you, Alan, for being a sweet gem. Your blood runs deep in mine as well. I'm so sorry. That was bad. <laughs> I think that's important. Just don't forget, everybody, like Eileen, she is from Nicaragua, pero... That other half of her is a fully Scotland. That other half of me is a quilt wearing, quilt? Quilt wearing, <laughs> quilt. fucking hattie coo loving, fucking yeah, bagpipe tooting. I love me some Scotland. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. Shout outs aside, again, Jasmine and sweet baby Alan, we're doing the movie Somos Lo Que Hay mm. by Jorge Michel Grau, written and, written and directed by Jorge Michel Grau. Came out in 2010, mm-hmm. so fucking 12 years ago. It's been a good wow. chunk of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we get into our synopsis and into this dang movie, uh, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you. And let's get you some titulos de terror, which I think you'll be surprised that I picked this because technically it's a vampire movie and technically it's not even titled in English to begin with because it's Swedish, but I picked Let the Right One In. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much about like secret family that's protecting each other and Secrets, eating people and blood. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So Let the Right One In uh, has a couple of titles actually. In um, in Brazil, it's called Deixa Ela Entrar, Ooh, Let Her, her In. in. Yeah. And our Spanish-speaking countries have two different names. One of them is Dejame Entrar, which is Let Me In. Mana. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dejame Entrar en tu mirada. No, Mana. No. It's Carlos Vives, isn't Dejame it? Entrar. Remember that song? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of Carlos Vives. Dejame entrar en tu mirada. Dejame entrar en tu mirada. Anyways, um, so that's one. Pero in Peru and Uruguay, they call it Criatura de la Noche. So. Oh, okay. Creature, Creature of, of the, the night. night. More singing. Just more sound. Uh, <laughs> we could sing all day for you over here. Hmm. It's true. Um, Before we get started, let's get a synopsis from Jonathan. Great. Tell us what this movie is about. So I actually pulled up two synopsis uses. uh, And let's see, which (laughs) one am I going to... Dr. Seuss's. (laughs) Two Dr. Seuss's. I'm going to do the more vague one, which is from IMDb. So it says here, thank you, IMDb. When the patriarch of the family passes away, the teenage children must take responsibility for the family chores. Interesting. Yes. Okay. I like that one. It's vague. Sure. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. All right. Well, let's see what's up with Somos Lo Que Hay. An older man goes up an escalator. He walks through a mall, seemingly kind of out of it. If I didn't know what this movie was about, going into it i would have been like zombies that's what it oh gave me. totally zombie yes absolutely like zombie a like a vibes. freshly bitten yes. person like, like you you wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden he lunged at somebody and took a bite absolutely yes, exactly yeah. 
He goes up this escalator and he walks up to a storefront reaching towards his reflection and also behind the the glass some mannequins. But when he sees his reflection, he points at himself and his face is like fear. It's like uh, an acknowledgement of himself that isn't positive. It doesn't feel. Yeah. And the mannequins that he is kind of like pawing at the glass at are rather scantily mm-hmm. clad, like bikini yeah. wearing mannequins. And yeah, I agree. At first I was like, the the shot was set up in such a way that the store like behind the mannequins is kind of dark and honestly I was like what's going to pop out what's happening agreed yeah spooky for sure but then I was like oh no he's looking at himself and he is not pleased with himself it seems you know yeah 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 like yeah, almost for like sure. disgusted like oh my yes. god yes uh huh uh huh uh-huh. so he walks away from this storefront and Immediately, we're like, oh, something, it just, like, the wrong vibes just kept keep getting stronger. Yeah. And he grabs at his stomach, and he collapses onto the ground and starts spitting up blood. And he pisses himself? Oh, I didn't notice that. There was liquid coming out of his pants and, like, to, and by his feet, but it was a little bubbly. And I was like, what is, what is this? I thought uh-huh. the stuff that he was spitting up, I didn't think that it was, bl- it looked, like, black to me. Like, black. It was very tarry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I, like, I, like, he's dragging himself through it. It's fucking gross. I couldn't tell what the liquids were. Yeah, there were totally. there were gross liquids of some kind. So he crawls a little bit more, but then he fully collapses and we get this aerial view of the janitors of this centro comercial that we're in. Casually like this happens every fucking day, picking up this guy's body, dragging it away, and another janitor, like a ballet, comes uh, yes. in swiftly to mop the liquids that were left behind and then roll on by. I was like, what? Oh my god. And the finale of the ballet. Like it's literally like first people come, take him away, somebody comes and mops, and then literally the moment the mopping is done, two women who people are walking. At this walk through this through th- this scene not a care yeah. in the world which i nothing this was a really interesting opening here where it was like people are not paying attention or or yeah. on purpose just being like oh that doesn't that doesn't involve me no me meto yes. you know what i mean yeah i can yeah, walk yeah. through this it doesn't affect me ooh 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 I'm going to say this and I didn't pay attention until or I didn't it didn't come into focus for me until my second watch. Mm. And after I read a couple article things, I was like, oh, yeah, this movie is big time about hierarchies in our society. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there were a few moments in it that I especially towards the end that I was like, oh, this is reminding me of Parasite in a way. And I'll get I'll get to that in when we get there. But yeah. oh, maybe I should have done Parasite as my título <laughs> de terror. Oh, well, oh, fuck it. Okay. So after this ballet of cleaning up, we get a blackout and our title card. Somos lo que hay. At a window, a young man, Alfredo, looks outside, and 
welcome to Melancholy Central. <gasps> this guy <laughs> is just the saddest face that ever sadded. Yeah. It's, it's he is so sad. Yeah. And also, by the way, welcome back to the main stage, Francisco Barrero from the infamous film Ahí va el diablo. Ahí which, viene, aquí va. Ahí va el diablo. Which we loved, and not gonna lie to you, didn't put didn't put two and two together until my second watch when I was like doing trivia stuff, and I was like, oh fuck, it's because uh-huh. he's kind of a baby here. Because he's a baby, and baby, also baby. In uh, como se, what was the other one? The, the Ahí va el diablo. Mm-hmm. In that movie, he was bearded, and like I was like, re- I remember finding him so attractive. They're, well, because he they was fucking and fingering his yeah, wife, and I like, was like, it was oh hot. God, this is hot. <laughs> <laughs> But here he's just like a little pipsqueak, and I did not put it together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, just another observation that just popped into my head about this window is that it's very dirty. Almost like you can't see out, you can't see in. You can't see in. Just us here, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A girl tucks herself behind the curtain with Alfredo, and she says... Te está buscando mi mamá. This is Alfredo's sister, Sabina. From the top of the stairs, because this house is a two-floor house, Alfredo sees his mom on the first floor, pacing back and forth, picking things up, moving about the house. Frazzled. And behind, uh, frazzled. Oh, my God. Frazzly. Frazzle <laughs> Central. Miss Frazzle. Yeah. And, uh... From behind Alfredo, uh, another boy comes in, young man, and it's his brother, Julian. And their mom says, your dad didn't come home last night, and you guys are going to have to go open the business today. So Julian and Alfredo walk through their neighborhood until they arrive at uh, un mercado abierto, an open market, basically. They pass stands of food and clothes, people milling about, and they set up their own little stand. And the business that they have and that they're opening is a watch-fixing gig. Horology, I believe, is the is the term to of the science of, of clocks and watches. Wow. Is, Horology. I learned Thank something so <laughs> on Week Horror today. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. It is not the study of whores. It I is was the study like, of watch. horology. Okay. <laughs> A guy comes in super hot, Woo! demanding his watch. He's like, mira, donde esta mi reloj, blah, blah, blah. And Alfredo, again, melancholy central and very meek and tiny yeah. and subdued mm-hmm. and like shrunken shoulders like my man does not want to be seen do yeah. not perceive me in any way mm. he's like uh, mm, uh tries to answer it? can i how can i yeah. just like tell me which <laughs> one <laughs> yeah just like a, a teeny baby a little mouse and asks what this guy's watch looks like and the guy is like un milo de oro milo i think is the brand and julian who is there i believe if i'm correct Alfredo is the oldest sibling. Uh, Sabina is in the middle, and Julian is the baby. Is what it seems like. You sure. definitely know Alfredo is yeah. the oldest because yeah. that comes uh, is, op- is said. Mm-hmm. Pero Julian is younger for mm-hmm. sure. And when this guy is like un milo de oro, Julian laughs like kind of to himself, kind mm. of shittily, 
And this guy is like, ¿Y de qué te ríes, pinche squinkle? Squinkle. ¿Y de qué te ríes, pinche squinkle? And Julián turns on a dime. Oof. He shoves this adult man, yeah. giant big guy. He shoves this dude and Julián is out and punching the shit out of this dude. Y el Alfredo, Julián, Julián, calmate. Like, can't, it doesn't even try to stop because he, you can tell this guy is a hothead yeah. and it happens often. Once Julián is going, there is no stopping him. And this, Absolutely. what a great way to, you know, establish these characters right off the top. That Alfredo is a meek little baby and Julián is not to be fucked with because he's got a fucking temper, a violent temper. temper. And he likes to poke the bear, too, because right before mm -hmm. this guy appears, he's, like, tapping his foot on Alfredo's chair mm -hmm. on purpose yeah. and staring Alfredo's at like, him, Stop. like, yeah. yeah, and he's like, what, you're going to try, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to fucking try me, homie? Yeah. And it's like, okay. Great brother relationship, though. You're like, yes. uh, seen it, been there, got it. Yep. Mm -hmm. But you can tell that. Julian has the upper hand in this relationship. Agreed, yes. Mm. So a little while later, after the scuffle with this man, the manager of the market? This hairdo. Esta señora, el pelo. This hedgehog of a woman. A full tub of gel every morning. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, yes. Individual <laughs> strands she is doing. I was like, commit <laughs> To yeah. the look, you yes. love the way you look. I was obsessed yes. with this so much. This has nothing it's to so do with great. our movie, but I was like, fuck yes, rock that hair. Uh, yeah, <laughs> amazing. And she comes over to their little booth and she's like, a ver, second time that this happens, buddy, like punching mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Donde esta tu jefe? He owes me three weeks pay for this spot, basically. And Alfredo, baby, quiet, meek little guy, is like, he shouldn't be long. He should be around just in a minute. Uh, just please. I'm so sorry. Pero la manager, she's not having it. She's like, Me mejor pack your stuff and beat it. And Julian, who now we have established hothead, squares up to her. Y, y la manager is like, atrévete, mi cabrón. Atrévete. I which loved. I was like... <laughs> So good. Oh, I Atrévete, love this. mi cabrón. And then, of course, in my head, I'm like, Atrévete, te, te, vente, balante. I can't. I All the cannot songs go for it in every this time. episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they've been kicked out of the market, basically. And they leave, and they walk back home. And Alfredo asks, what are we going to tell our mom? And Julian says the truth, that dad didn't pay the bills. And Alfredo says, no, dude, it's because you're always fighting somebody when you're there. And Julian turns and says, no lo defiendas. They kicked us out because dad spends all his days con las putas. Uy. Okay. Mira, la palabra puta uh. está en esta película. They say puta, 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 puta Por en todas partes. Yes. Por todos lados. At home. Mom is tying little scraps of fabric together, like teeny tiny, to make them like longer pieces. Mm -hmm. And the boys come in and she asks why they're back. And Alfredo tries to like beat around the bush, pero la mamá sees right through it. And she calls down Julian. 
Because obviously she's, you can tell she's like, he's she going to tell me the truth. Yes. You're yeah. a piece of, you're a fucking baby. You're a pussy. Yeah. This guy's going to tell me. And I think she knows that fucking Julian got crazy. You know? Of course. Of course. And Julian tells her, the manager kicked us out. Y la mamá dice, well, this was the only job your dad had and you fucking lost it. And Alfredo starts saying, but we didn't do anything. Y la mamá dice, ay, ¿qué, qué, qué creen que soy idiota? Pero they hear something at the door. They're about to have this discussion, pero somebody's at the door. And mom goes to check, and it's Salina, and she's crying. She says, someone died en el centro comercial today. It was the man that used to look at the mannequins. Se murió mi papá. And this news rocks the house. Alfredo hears this, like, se murió mi papá, and the box of watches that he was carrying from the mercado, he drops on the ground. Julián immediately goes to comfort Sabina, who is sobbing. Y la mamá goes directly to the box of watch stuff, and she is chucking shit everywhere. She is smashing bowls, smashing things, raging, this lady. I was like, no, I, I was like, I wonder who fucking Julian takes after. Like, because this is a berserk moment. Like, she yeah. is freaking out, which also made me think like, oh, look, grief shows up in all sorts of crazy ways. Tough, baby. But I was yeah. like, oh, she seems... A little on edge and rather uh -huh. unhinged. Yes, unhinged. absolutely. Woo. For sure. A little while later, Mom and Alfredo sit at the dinner table and Sabina and Julian on the on the stairs. And the mom says, Pinche vicio de las putas. Esas cerdas lo mataron. <sighs> Cerdas, cerdas, cerdas. Oh. Esas cerdas lo mataron. That is tough what yeah. a word to use fuck yeah and she goes upstairs and she locks herself in her room the three siblings sit together silently and alfredo finally asks ¿Qué vamos a hacer? are we going to continue and sabina says we have to keep doing the usual and alfredo who is obviously like it seems very lost. He's like, we can't keep going without dad. Mm, mm -hmm. And Sabina says, we have to get something for tomorrow. Pero Alfredo is in denial. We don't know if it's really him. We should wait a little longer. He could come back. Pero Sabina and Julian are like, dude, wake up. The dude is fucking dead. It's, it, he, it's, it's done. Sabina gets up and she checks the fridge and threw out the kitchen and they say, no hay nada. And she turns to Alfredo. Well, you better find something because from now on, it's up to you. Okay. So we're putting a little yeah. um, pressure, it seems, onto Alfredo. Also, very, um, I mean, what I'll call like stereotypical expectations of a family unit. Like, yes. you were, I mean, it's never quite specified, like, because you're a man, you need to take the lead here. It's specifically because he's the oldest of the siblings. Yeah. But, but probably I do think, also yeah. because he's a man. Yeah, like, the roles here in this movie seem very specific. Like, we do this, 
you do this. However, in this scene, Sabina says a line to him where she's like, because um, El Alfredo kind of gets lippy with her at one point. I don't yeah. specifically remember. And she's like, excuse me, don't forget who you're talking to. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. so I'm uh-huh. so sorry. Like, Alf- she might be making, she's like, Alfredo, you need to step up. But I was like, she's in she's the charge boss. here. Yeah. She's the boss. Oh, yeah. Here. She's telling oh, everybody we- what to do. <laughs> and we will continue to see how yeah. she exerts that power. Yes, yes. Um, And she says, pase lo que pase, we have to get something for tomorrow. And Alfredo, still hesitant, is like, mira, it's the daytime. Dad didn't do it in the daytime. And Julian, who is defiant and argues back, if dad did it, how hard could it be? And it's a back and forth that you can tell happens often and that Salina has to always be the mediator between the two of them. Because it seems as though Julian is like, you're a daddy's boy. You're you're afraid of our parents. You keep being like, oh, my dad and my mom. And he's like, "They're it's bullshit. Stop being mm-hmm. a fucking pussy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so Sabina, it comes in as, as mediator, which we can tell that Julian immediately backs off. He listens to her, for sure. Another example of power here. And Sabina says, mira, go to the bridge. If, you're, if we're going to go to the daylight, go to the bridge. We have to have something for tomorrow. And once we do, we can go from there. In a morgue, Tito the mortician is working on the dad's body while the director de la funeraria watches. Now, these two gentlemen we have seen before in Uy Que Horror, and I don't mean just the actors, I mean these characters, because technically this movie lives in the universe of Kronos, because they are the same guys that were in the morgue of Kronos. The funeral director is like, I, Tito, you've become a master through over these years. Look at this. And Tito's applying makeup to uh, the dad's body. And he says, Hay que ser artista, carajo, which is a line yeah. he says in Kronos, which I love. I mean, it's like watching Kronos. It's it's basically Truly. like just watching that same scene. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the funeral director is like, well, don't put too much effort into it because we're going to be cremating him. And uh, and Tito's like, me hubieras dicho y no lo maquillo tan bonito, el pendejo. And I love that. I was like, I beat his face and now I'm going to burn it off. What the hell? Anyways. At the door, two detectives arrive. What did you call us here for? And Tito is, a, is like, I thought you'd be interested in this. This guy has been poisoned. Which I was like, oh, interesting. Mm, and he says, mm-hmm. I did the autopsy and found this. And he holds up a whole ass finger with red nail polish in a tube floating in liquid. Probably formaldehyde or something. Mm, mm-hmm. And Tito says, it's shocking how many people eat each other in this city. Wow. Maybe you can investigate who he ate. Like, this is a crime over here, you know? And the detectives are like, cool, uh, but since this guy's dead and whoever he ate is also probably dead, we don't care. We don't solve old cases. And actually, we don't really solve the new cases either. And I was like, oh, wow. 
A cab. I mean, they are saying, they are, the cops are saying that. Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. The boys arrive at the bridge. Julian, the hothead, wants to get it done right away, but Alfredo's like, we need to be careful. We need to be quiet. It's the middle of the day. We have to wait until it's quieter over there. But Julian is like, do you know what happens if we don't have someone for tomorrow? And this is the first time they say someone. They don't say algo. They say alguien. And Julian goes for it. He fucking runs under the overpass of where we see a group of unhoused kids just chilling, doing their thing. And Julian comes in hot, grabs one in a chokehold, but all the other little kids come and fight him. They're like, no, let go of our friend free. Y a la misma vez, viene el Alfredo running at another group of unhoused kids. Same, like, little area and he snatches one of the uh, of these kids and the other kids also trying to fight him off too alfredo calls for julian to come and help him but there are too many kids the kids are like they fuck fuck off these yeah they throw rocks and all this shit and so alfredo and julian have to run off but it does seem that in the kerfuff that Alfredo killed a kid because it pans out and we see two little feet lying on the ground and a bunch of little kids uh, crouched around his little body is what I read. I was wondering about that because that's really what it does seem like. The feet don't move. The kids are just kind of surrounding him. Wow. That's just a very dark choice. Yeah, for sure. Wow. And the shot of them running at these kids Mm -hmm. was very unnerving. Like it was it was Discovery Channel esque. Like the way they kind of Yeah, the way they land upon these kids and like the way they pick them up and like shake them around. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this is it shows it shows the desperation of like we gotta get someone. You know, it's they they for some reason need this. They don't want it. They need it. Yeah. They arrive back home empty handed. Y la mamá, she comes down the stairs. Que hicieron? And with a cheeky little smile, Julian says, fuimos por alguien. Pero la mamá doesn't react the way that he was hoping. And she's like, son idiotas o qué? Your dad dies, and now you're going hunting? Like, what the fuck? You're putting the family at risk, Alfredo. But Julian pipes up, we did it for el rito. Mm. Now, this is the first time that a ritual is brought up. Mm. And la mamá dice, what do you know about el rito? If you knew, you'd know what happens next. And Sabina, who's there in the room, pipes up and she says, well, what's next is we have to pick a leader. Pero la mamá, she doesn't have faith in this group of siblings that she has oh, birthed. Not at and all. And she says, what happens next is we should sh- we should start shaking in our boots because we're going to die. This rocked me. Mm. Oof, this fucking line. God damn. This mom... First of all, this performance, holy shit, incredible. She's so good. She's so, so good. But I, the bleakness of this house, of this scene, of these people, but of this mother, I mean, yeah. she's just like, it's the end. This is over. Oof, so, man, it hit me. 
it's very it's great that you bring this up because even though we focused on Alfredo being this melancholy guy, uh, it's it it this courses through this house in different yes. levels in different forms. There is never a smile unless it's like a smile with evil intent behind Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And I'm also like no wonder these kids are like this because the fucking mom is a puddle of, you know, depressed bleakness basically you know yeah this is and if it's not that it's like it's manic exactly frazzled insanity right oh my gosh so like and it makes you wonder what was the dad's position in this because obviously without him things are falling apart so he must have been the fucking rock yeah but like what does being the rock of this family entail Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Also, I just want to make a quick point that they're they're not rich. This is a a poor family. Uh, And the house is littered with, like, bottles of water. There are clocks all over the walls. Uh, yeah. the, there is like random boxes everywhere, like shoe boxes, like mm-hmm. lining up on the walls and stuff like that. It's a very, it's very hoardery vibes, yeah. but also like er, brown tones, dark tones, pockets of terror yes. everywhere. Yes. It's just, and again, bleak is the word. I and think. The, the clocks are constant. Whenever you're in the house, it's just ticking, ticking, tick, ticking tick, the entire tick, time. Yes. Yeah. In their bathroom, Sabina cleans off a wound on Alfredo's shoulder. And she goes to the sink and she looks up in the mirror and she catches Julian staring at her. And he, like, catches her eye and kind of, like, oh, no, got caught and leaves from this bathroom. Oh, God, oh, God. We're going to have to discuss this further in a a different section, Mm -hmm. but... I needed to bring this up because yeah. I was like, what are, what is, what, what's happening? What is this? Also, the she's wearing like what I'll call like a nighty or whatever, like a, a loose fitting dress. And yeah. she is rather exposed, it seems. Like she is a little, it is, they it do, is like subtly revealing, I'll say. Yes, they mm-hmm. do make a point of like kind of showing her decolletage, yeah. if you will. <laughs> yes. yes, they do. Uh, at right before this moment mm-hmm. of eye contact where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, what is going, going on, on here? <laughs> yeah. So Julian leaves and Sabina closes the door behind him and she continues cleaning Alfredo's shoulder. And she tells him, you're the oldest. You have to take dad's place. And Alfredo is like, what if I don't want to? It's not about wanting, bud. You are the most capable, the most sensible. And he's like, I'm not. I'm bad at this. I couldn't even catch a fucking kid. And Sabina says, according to what dad taught us, you're the next in line. And we have to prolong the ritual and lead the family. Pero Alfredo is very obviously not confident. And he's like, no puedo. And Sabina says... Mom has a temper, and she puts us at risk. Y Alfredo se mete defendiéndola and be like, Mom will know what to do. She's better. And Sabina's like, slap of reality. 
Hello? She's locked in her room. We have some major problems going on right now, and she doesn't do anything except scold you. And she's very right. So far, everything has been like, ¿Y por qué están haciendo eso? Y que no sé qué, pura regañada. Not a moment of, like, you know, maternal care or love. Never. Nada. Not Nada. once. Y la, la Sabina right here, she's given me heavy, heavy, like, Lady M vibes. Like, she's Manipulating. the one. Absolutely. We're, I mean, the, the motives might be quite different, but I was like, Absolutely. you are the puppeteer, ma'am. Yes. Totally. Yes. And we see more of that because Alfredo's like, well, then, if not mom, what about Julian? And she's like, no, Julian es torpe y violento. It has to be you. Just cheat people. Engaña la gente. Haz, haz trampa. And she says, I can't be leader, but I can help you. Oh. And that's Lady M5000. And the way she says it, too, she's like, Yo no puedo ser líder, pero te puedo ayudar. And she says to him, casa una puta. Hunt una puta. But Alfredo's like, dude, no. Mom hates putas. Está prohibido. And Sabina's like, dude, dad brought putas in here every time, all the time. It was puta central in this house. Mom no puede prohibir nada from us. Especially now that you're the leader. Bring a puta. We'll put my clothes on her, and that way we'll trick mom. Now go call Julian so that I can fix his wounds as well. Julian comes into the bathroom, and Sabina, again, in a different way, but still, this one felt a little little bit more uh, menacing. She leans in real close, and she says, from now on, you will obey Alfredo. And you can sense fear from Julian. There's something about these two, their relationship, that is very different from her and Alfredo. Yes, and you're like, but why does she have what, this and power? What, yeah, and what is it? Later on, in their room, sitting across from each other, Alfredo says, Vamos por una puta. And Julian seems amused. And he says, Oh, you're not scared of mom anymore, huh? And Alfredo says, No le, ten- no le tengo miedo. We need someone for tomorrow. And then they suddenly scramble up and head out, which made me jump for some reason. I was like, <laughs> Animalistic. It's animalistic. And yeah. also, so you get a, this shot, first of all, is so cool because it's between their beds, you know, they, they, yeah, you know, they got on like, the their, ground. yeah, they're sitting on the ground and they're facing each other. It almost looks like they're embracing, you know, the shot. Sure. Because, you know, it, the way that they're sitting makes them look super close. But we, Julian is looking more toward the camera where El Alfredo is looking more toward Julian. So you don't have that great of a shot of his face. You see Julian smile very mm-hmm. subtly at Alfredo when he's like, we're going to go get, we're going to go hunt somebody. But yeah. fucking Julian, right before they jump up to go like f- chase, like hunt somebody like a cheetah, yeah. he starts to smile too. And I was like, you two are into it. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Yikes. 
The boys drive down Skid Row is what I'm calling it. Mm. And we see basically the lineup of all the sex workers that are on the street. And they see one come out of a car, like finishing the job. And Julian opens the door and he like approaches her as she walks towards their car. And she's like ready. Like, oh, another John. Here we go. I Make the money. Right. And she leans over and she sees Alfredo, who is still in the car. And she's like, oh, well, this is different. This mm. is going to be more expensive. And Julian is like, well, what what makes you think I don't have the money to do it? And then he starts pulling her close. And it starts becoming a little pushier and a little mm. more aggressive. And she's like, sueltame. No, no, no. Like immediate, And she feels the danger. And she's like, no, sueltame, sueltame. Cuando de repente he punches her, knocking her out on the ground. Mm -hmm. And Alfredo in the car is like, Julian, oh my God, calm down, dude. But Julian has already, de nuevo, and he's already started to shove her into the back seat of the car. Pero down the road, the other sex workers, they see the commotion over by their car, and one of them starts to run over. And Julian is about to get into the front seat cuando llega la sex worker and he's and she's like, ¿Qué haces? And he he's like, uh, uh, uh. And she's like, let her go. What are you doing? Pero y también de nuevo el Julian hey. hothead punches this woman in the face and the boys drive off. In the back seat, the sex worker cries and Julian tells Alfredo to shut her up. And Alfredo's like, ¿Y qué hago? La mato. But Julian instead pulls over on the middle of a bridge, like in the middle of a bridge. Yeah. He goes to the back seat and he beats this woman while Alfredo screams, Calmate, Julian, calmate. And then he takes her out and puts her in the trunk of the car. As this is happening, a car is driving Drive by. by and Drive does by. nothing. Nada. Literally, Julian has this knocked out woman in his arms as this car yeah. is passed. Not a thing. Again, transferring same as, her from the back to into the, a trunk. Into the trunk. Uh, same yeah. from the top at the mall, uh, whatever, with, with them mm -hmm. cl cleaning the dad's body away. This is like, did, oh, no, not, doesn't, doesn't involve Can't me. See it. I'm cool. Bye. Me voy. Yeah. Wow. Fucked. Also, this shot is really, it's actually a very cool shot. It's very, yeah, it's, uh, it's a wide shot uh -huh. and uh, and it's, you're not up close. So it feels particularly voyeuristic. It feels yeah. like we're somebody walking down the street and seeing this. Totally. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure probably is the vibe that mm. they wanted to have come across. Yeah. The boys pull into a gas station for Julian to use the bathroom and Alfredo follows him and he's like, what do you think you're doing, dude? And Julian is like, I'm getting food for tomorrow. So this is the Ooh. first time we hear comida for mm. tomorrow. Mm. And Alfredo says, comida. You beat her face in in front of everyone. You think you're so tough and so brave. Well, yo no te tengo miedo. And Julian turns to him and says, Pues deberías. Well, you should. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They get back home and they put the girl on the dining table. And Alfredo goes upstairs for something and he hears coming from uh, one of the other rooms some scuffling, some stuff going on. And he goes to spy through the crook of the door and he sees his mom smashing some herbs in a bowl. And 
Sabina is there too, and she looks up and she sees Alfredo spying. And then the mom sees Sabina looking at that area, so she turns to look, and this freaks Alfredo out. He's like, oh, shit, my mom just caught me, and he runs back downstairs. What do you think is going on here? You know, I was hoping you would have <laughs> something to offer. I think this is a good time to you know, kind of talk about the fact that this movie gives it to you, and it's like, you figure it out. You know, it does not give you a lot of answers like you never. Mm -hmm. But it looked to me like this ritual that has been spoken of. The women have their specific thing to do, and they are in this room right now preparing something for the ritual. They let the guys take care of the other part if they can. And that's the hunting. That's the way it is. What about you? What did you think this was? (sighs) Honestly, I was like, what's. What's this watching of, because again, this Alfredo with his melancholy face, it seems that he is very much the observer of everything going on. Mm-hmm. So this, the, him watching that happen, I genuinely was like, I don't get it. So, well, but I think what you said makes sense that mm-hmm. it's like, he, he's seeing the other side of whatever this ritual is, which is the woman's part of it, which seems a little bit easier than hunting a person. It's like, oh, let me smash some thyme into a bowl. (laughs) Tie it up like a bundle of sage or something, you know? Yeah. But interesting, though, that it's like he shouldn't see it. Like, he's immediately like, oh, I'm not supposed to see this. But that's not great in, like, a family setting because it's like the more secrets fester, the more they'll... Or the, or the more you like hide secrets, the more they will they will fester. And so, uh-huh. you know, I think it's just a way of being like, we do our own thing. Don't ask. Sure. Which is like, uh, I don't know if that's that's so great for the way yeah. for our dynamic here. It's not working Absolutely. out for you clearly. Uh huh. <laughs> Julian downstairs is tying the girl to the table with the little scraps of fabric that the mom was tying earlier. And Julian goes to touch her breast when the lights turn on. And there's mom and Sabina. And mom is pissed. Es una puta. Who do you both think you are? Now, (laughs) this is where I was like, again, like you said, nothing is spelled out for us. Mm -hmm. We are here hoping to figure it out on by our own little brains. Yeah. Okay, obviously we've said it at the top. These people are cannibals. They're gonna eat this woman. Mm-hmm. What? I, I'm not gonna. I'm not saying I'm pro cannibalism, mm-hmm. but like, wouldn't you take what you can get? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like the easiest thing to do. Like that is well established. Like this is not easy. I think what the the reason that the mom specifically the is vitriol so, towards oh, sex well, workers, but I think that was because of. I mean, for me, I was like, this sounds horrible, but it's Mm -hmm. easy hunting ground. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, horrible. People aren't going to miss, quote unquote, a sex worker. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. To me, I'm just like, ma'am, it's your dinner. Like, you should be fine. (laughs) I I agree. I think, like, for her, it's specifically like, my husband was cheating on me with sex workers and I don't like it. Like, I know that's kind of you know, a basic thing, but that that's what landed for me. But uh-huh. I, I don't know if I ever thought that he 
the husband, who's now dead, mm -hmm. was ever actually... <laughs> this conversation i don't know if he was ever I, I, he was definitely you know having sex with the sex workers but i don't know if he was ever eating them although they did find that manicured finger in his stomach which doesn't necessarily mean it belongs to uh one of the sex workers but it could you know so yeah it's another one of those things that's like the director's like make of it what you will have right. fun you know so I see, but also, I mean, if I were a cannibal, I'd be like, whoa, let's make this Fresh disease. Fresh meat, thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. Good job. <laughs> let's get to carving. Vamos. Let's, time for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, and thank goodness I, I had this thought at this moment because right afterwards, Sabina says, y que si es una puta. Like, what mm. if, so what if it is? And the mom looks at her in with like, Full betrayal in the face. The she is like withering, withering, with Wuthering Heights. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. I was just like, "Ooh, you shouldn't have said that." But mm -mm, also Sabina's face, where she's like, "Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god!" I yeah, said it. Yeah, I said yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, let's see what happens. Yep. Which is again testing these levels of the hierarchy mm -hmm. because as of now, I think the mom isn't accepting of the fact that Alfredo is meant to be the leader, A. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she is trying to assert her position, it seems. But Sabina, being this like Lady M snaky lady, seems to be like, no, dude, you need to be the leader. Mom's crazy. This other guy keeps punching people. So like in this moment of Sabina and mom where she's like, I'm going, I'm going to, test the lines i'm yeah. gonna see where this yes. lands and obviously not well because the mom is like looks at her with full fire in the eyes and then goes upstairs and is like oh, everybody can suck it well it like just even more deeply unhealthy because like yes hierarchy who's in charge here what is the power like power dynamics trouble power struggle dynamics. every everywhere i would say the mom is the person the most um in power because they all fear her yes yes which is incredibly unhealthy but but what's especially dark about that is the fact that the mom in her brain she literally said it she's like get ready because we're you better be shuddering because we're all dead this woman yeah. has already given up so yeah. it's like you know well let, maybe let's just figure this out on our own Stop being yeah, scared like, of her. Yeah, uh, like, let us figure it out, Mom, if yeah. you're going to be like, well, your dad's dead and nobody can hunt people <laughs> anymore, and so, well, we're fucked. It's, I mean, seriously, like, even though she's like, we're fucked, we're going to die, every moment these kids walk into this house, she's like, ¿Y qué están haciendo? Son idiotas, what, idiotas, what are you que doing? Que and I'm like, well, girl, if you well, think, figure it out. Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're trying here, yeah, but god it, damn it. It. Goes, like, it just goes to show, like, damn dysfunctional family like this is so unhealthy absolutely so when mom goes upstairs sabina turns to her brothers and she says hay que prepararla pero the sweet poor girl starts to wake up oh god and she starts to cry out and alfredo covers her eyes and says si vuelves a gritar te arranco los ojos híjole híjole and she immediately is like I am so fucked. Ugh. And she sees there this shot I I really liked where it's the camera is 
towards her feet, maybe, maybe like right at her, right below her stomach line. And we see the brothers handing each other knives as she is looking down and seeing them like pass huge machetes and cleavers this, to each other. This Horrible. was so scary. So Very scary. scary. And she is like, oh, my God, please, no me hagan daño, por favor. She's begging, like, please, por favor, por favor. And she says, rape me, fuck me, do what you want, but please don't kill me. And Julian jumps at that. Mm. And he rips at her shirt, and he's grabbing at her chest, and he's grabbing at her crotch. And Alfredo, who is kind of like, Again, floppy doesn't know what he's doing. He kind of tries to go for it too. Pero Julian, como, this is like hyenas on a body. Yeah. They're like, no, don't touch her. And they start to shove each other and fight. I was like, son animales Absolutely. on top of somebody. Cuando de repente, blam, blam, blam. Mom comes in down the stairs and smashes this girl's face with a stick, a shovel, a something. I, th- I thought it was a, a, a cane. I don't know. Maybe she, a cane. She... This, oh. Brutal. Like, boca abierta, my uh-huh. jaw was on the floor. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Because yeah. aside from, you don't see it. You don't see what, you see her like whacking and you hear it awful. Yeah. But you don't actually see like what she's doing. Yeah. But I, like this this is the moment where you're like oh this is what she's capable of mhm brutal murder <gasps> yeah later on the boys are in their room and the mom comes in saying to alfredo so you're really brave enough to lead us huh and what you're going to go whoring like your pops okay well then you're going to take me to go whoring with you and we'll see if you can really lead us and she leaves, and Julian follows. But then Sabina comes in, and she sits on the bed with Alfredo, who starts to cry. And he says, is this what it's going to be like without Dad? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And he just breaks down sobbing. And I was like, honey, adulting, in a very <laughs> weird way, in a very <laughs> weird way. It's somebody uh, being like, sorry, bud, it's tough. time to... Take care of your own bullshit, which honestly is the hardest thing to do. Oh, so, man. yeah, that's so, relatable so content. I didn't even think of it that way. That is, yep, quite relatable. <laughs> <laughs> like, my dad can't get me dinner anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I it's got to go be me. I got to get wanna. a job. I don't want to. <laughs> Behind the curtain, Salina and Julian stare at the window. Julian quietly and slowly moves his hand a little closer to Sabina's hand. Cuando de repente la mamá pulls the curtain aside and she like looks at them both, but specifically glares at Julian. Yep. Okay, let's talk about this here. Okay. What the fuck is going on on here on this day, Jonathan? Incest is going on here on this. I mean, I think it was never fully fleshed out, but uh, no pun intended in this cannibal movie. But uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Is it reciprocated though? Well, I. It felt very one-sided, especially throughout this movie. 
there's a lot of eyes going on, a yes. lot of like looking and stuff, but more I feel like more intensely and uh longingly by Julian. Julian. Agreed. I'm you know, who knows if it, it if it has been um what's the fucking word I'm looking for? compensated commiserated uh consummated uh, <laughs> consummated compensated commiserated <laughs> consummated i don't want to think about it but uh yes i agree that julian is the one that's more so like he's the one who's moving his little hand closer to her like he's testing the waters uh but she does not i will say shy away from it no there yeah. is there is um I don't want to say there's not acknowledgement, but there is purpose. There is. Yeah. There's no there's no denial of it. Exactly. I was going to say there's not she's not denying it. She's not stopping it in any way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking weird, everybody. And especially this moment where the mom like stares at Julian, where you're just like, okay, so it's visible to other eyes as well, gang. Yeah. 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 But that's about all you really get. It doesn't really get explored too much. Another know? another facet in this mm-hmm. film that is like, I hope you like a mystery because mm-hmm. we will never reveal to you a <laughs> what thing the fuck is going on on this day. Yep. So Julian and Sabina go downstairs and they start to move the sex worker's body off the di- the dining table. And Mama comes down and she's like, "Where is Alfredo?" Ooh. Smash cut to Alfredo on a bus. And he's kind of looking around at the people, and we get all these shots of like different body parts. We have mm-hmm. fingers resting on a seat, arms holding onto like the bus handles, basically like the people within the bus. And then out of the window, he sees a group of young men walking by, and he briefly makes prolonged eye contact with one of them. And this guy i'm gonna call him scarf <laughs> yeah totally because he's wearing a very 2010 yes scarf. <laughs> i was gonna say this is a 2010 ish right here absolutely suddenly alfredo is desperate to get off this bus after this prolonged eye contact and he moves to the back of the bus and he's like a ver bajang bajang but the bus doesn't stop so he runs to the front he smashes the driver's face into his steering wheel and finally gets off the bus cuz the guy's like i'm unconscious now and also and like, nobody does anything i mean it happens that. fast you don't quite see but i was like not a no scream. One. ¿Qué estás haciendo? Nothing. Nada. So much so that when El Alfredo gets off the bus, I'm pretty sure the bus keeps going. It does <laughs> keep going. Like, it absolutely what does. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Insane. Again, same theme. Same theme. You know? Who yeah. cares? Just keep. Who's, no we me are meto. blind. Yeah. yeah. So Alfredo gets off the bus and the bus keeps going and he <laughs> runs and he runs through the streets trying to find this group of guys. And for a minute, he seems to have lost them, but no, he sees them hanging on one of those like crosswalks that are basically bridges over streets. So like instead of like you just walk over to go to the other side of the street. And so he follows them. They go to a sub- subway station. And so does Alfredo. 
The group gets on the subway, and so does Alfredo, but in the car that comes right after theirs. But the guys aren't oblivious. Oh, yeah. Like, Scarf is turning around every now and then and giving eyes, eyes, eyes. This film should be called Eyes, because everybody's oh, eyes are host. everywhere. Yeah. Ojos. Yes. Ojeras. Vamos uh-huh. a ver a donde estamos. Eyes. Estamos viendo. Okay? <laughs> At home, weirdly enough, Mom is worried about Alfredo. Maybe the one moment of maternal instinct this woman has. And she's like, oh, he shouldn't be out alone. But now he suddenly wants to take care of everything. And she's like shocked at this, which I was like, yeah, you haven't been listening to Sabina being like the little bird in the ear being like, it's you, you're the boss, it's you now. Mm -hmm. So very Mm -hmm. interesting that, it's a it's a surprise to mom that Julian is step I mean not Julian that Alfredo is stepping up to yeah, bat you know yeah totally and Julian also weirdly enough who has this like weird uh, back and forth with his brother is explains that it's hard for him for Alfredo that it's been hard for him with dad being gone I think he just wants to help and then he says at least he's doing something for the family so a uh, crossing like tiptoeing on these borders gang yeah y la mama gets really defensive and she's like don't you say that i don't do anything for my family back with alfredo he's followed the group of fellas to a gay club okay mm-hmm. oh and Alfredo looks around into this in this club and cuando de repente sale el scarf from amongst the people with an orange beverage. And uh, again, puros ojos. Everybody's just looking. Are you looking? Will you look at me? We are looking. It's like, dang. Oh, man. Now in the car, Julian and his mom are driving somewhere. She says... That when they were little, Julian always defended Alfredo. That they would wrap themselves up in a blanket and call themselves a taco and then leave Sabina out and call her la salsa. (laughs) (laughs) And she would cry and cry because all she wanted to do was play with them. Pero no, tú eres la salsa, Sabina. (laughs) And then she pauses and she says, Somos unos monstruos, Julian. Wow. Which is the first real moment of like acknowledging that they are not a good family. No, what we're doing is awful. We're murdering yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Somos monstruos, I mean, Julian. You are. You are monsters. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and then they arrive to where they were driving to. They're back at Skid Row. And the sex workers recognize the car, but this time it's the mom that's coming out, and she's coming in hot. Quieren cogerse a mis hijos, no? Pues esto les va a pasar si vuelven a acercarse a mi familia. Cerdas. And Julian dumps the body of the dead sex worker wrapped in a bloody sheet on the curb. At the club, Alfredo has followed Scarf into the bathroom where he surprises Alfredo with a kiss. And this 
freaks Alfredo Ooh. out, and he is like, I don't know what to do with my body, and he runs out of there. Now, okay, two two thoughts here. First of all, this whole chasing these, uh, these guys, Alfredo mm-hmm. chasing these guys, I was like, I'm gay. And I was like, gay? <laughs> I couldn't I put know, my gay. finger on it, dude. I was yeah. like, just gay or emo or both. I, like, I just could. Or hungry. Or, like, are we doing this because of purposes of hunting? Absolutely. Well, that's. Or are we doing this because we still have this, like, natural desire to right. be gay? Absolutely. Are we actually gay? Right, exactly. But I, I mean, we'll get into that more later. But interesting that that whole, like, chasing slash hunting scene of him following these gay emo dudes through the city was, you know, prefaced, <laughs> I guess, by uh, that the shots of meat, you know, because you had to remember, these fuckers are hungry. They haven't yeah. eaten. But also, <laughs> my God, just to talk very quickly about the the scene where Julian and the mom drop the dead body off in front of the sex workers. I yeah. could not believe this. The like I was like you the the audacity to leave this dead body in front of her peers I will say, at you don't face out like they they are showing their faces to the sex workers screaming at them and I was like this is the level of disregard you have for these people that not for a moment do you think that they could be like. We're going to go to the cops and be like, hey, by the way, we saw these people. They brought our friend's dead body here. But that says so much. Like, it's like they think the family thinks nobody listens to these people. I think it's a very good example of it's a different type of example of hierarchy. Totally. She's like, you're hookers you're Mm. prostitutes Mm -hmm. you're nothing you're nothing yeah this person we murdered is nothing and i will place her in this open street like look at how i am so much more powerful than you Mm -hmm. being in the position i'm at because i am not a prostitute like you yeah and i can look you in the face i can kill one of you and and scream at you and show my face and still Mm -hmm. I'll be chill. Yeah, yeah. Which which makes me think, is the reason why Alfredo chooses to chase after these gay dudes, because, whether it was like, I'm lured by the gayness, or is it, oh, they're gay dudes, nobody will miss a gay dude. Absolutely. And I'm going to say, so yeah, these things are, I didn't even think of like how intertwined these two things are here. And you know, in my gay heart, of course, like, you know, like you mentioned. Gay, be gay. Gay. I was like. Escape your cannibal family. Yes, please run off. Be happy. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to say, at least to me, I -hmm. think what is driving this (laughs) gay love story that all of a sudden like appeared in our movie. I know. I, uh-huh. do, I think it's just hunger, personally. That's what I think sure. it is, you know. Or both. It could be both. And I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I think Alfredo is conflicted with I've been given a task to mm-hmm. lead my family now. My father is dead. My sister has manipulated me somehow mm-hmm. to believe that this is what I need to do now. And he's like, oh, look, somebody that is more vulnerable than I am, a gay guy. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go and that'll yeah. be that's that'll be who I'll grab. But yeah. then 
I think what twists him around is this kiss. Yeah. And he's like, so after they kiss and he runs, he stops for a moment on like by the subway station and he starts to cry. And in my mind, I was like, is this you realizing that not necessarily, oh, I'm gay, but like the humanity in the people that you've been killing and that Mm. now it's a little a little more real before you were so far away and just like looking and not being able to actually know anything about that person. So that makes it easier for you to want to attack and kill. But now this person has kissed you, has like had a moment of connection with you. Does the drive to kill you and eat you change because of that? Right. And that moment so, where that where Scarf kisses him, mm-hmm. we, you know we we get a great shot of Alfredo's face, and he is rocked yeah, by this totally. Which you know yeah. you can you can interpret in many different ways, but one of them could be like, "Oh damn, I'm into this," you know? Yeah, or not? You know, it's up to it's who up to you knows. To, you just, you Again, you this decide. film, yeah, is uh, choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It truly is. Yeah. So now we're back on the subway and a woman comes on the train and starts to sing. And the song becomes the underscore of a bunch of different scenes that we see, which starts off with Julian and his mom arriving back home after dumping that poor sex worker in front of her friends. Pero inmediatamente the mom leaves the house again. Then we see the sex workers surrounding their dead friend. And amongst them stands the detective that was at the morgue. Mm -hmm. Then we see Savina sitting in a tub with water up to her nose. And Julian comes in and sits on the side of the tub. And she like sideway hugs him when he sits down on the corner, which again fuels this like, what is this incestuous thing? Mm -hmm. And then we see the mom in a taxi and the taxi driver is like chatting with her, but then it kind of moves very quickly to see that he's fucking her in the back of this taxi and not in a good way, like in a, I need to do this kind of oh, way. Oh, yeah. You see her face and it's not pleased. This was no. shocking to me. I mean, I was like, oh, I, I see where we're going. But I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yep. Right, here we are. Yep. And then we're back to Alfredo on the subway as this woman finishes her song, which is a beautiful song. Oh. She gets she hits a high note up there that a couple of times where I was like, oh, that's so pretty. Very good. <laughs> Agreed. And she says, this woman on the subway says, Many years ago, I would sing to get money for my son so that he could go to school. And now he has a univ- una, una carrera universitaria. And as a thank you, I give you these messages. And she starts handing out these little strips of paper to the people on the train, including Alfredo. And he takes it and inside of his little piece of paper, it reads, Estás vivo. Something stirs within fucking Alfredo and he gets off the train and he runs back to that gay club. He finds Scarf and he plants one 
on him, and they are kissing hoard. Oh, I wrote here hungrily. Hungrily. Hungrily kissing. You are alive. Let's make out. Yeah. With hunger. Woof. With okay. hunger. At home, Sabina and Julian are in the bathroom, and they hear someone come home. So they rush downstairs, they flick on the light, and there's Alfredo making out with Scarf. Woo! Hi. Hi. <laughs> and he's like, les traje a Gustavo. So Scarf's name is Gustavo, pero sorry, he's going to be Scarf. Julian is shocked. Oh, he's yeah. like, oh, you're allowed to fucking do that? Like, what the fuck? And he says, ¿qué estás haciendo? ¿Estás loco? And Alfredo's like, coming into his power a little bit more now. And he says, this is what we're going to do. And Julian is like, yo no me voy a comer a un maricón. Oh, now you're picky. Oh. Now you're picky. Now you make choices. Okay, I see how it is, you fucking uh-huh. asshole. Fuck you. Right? I'm delicious. <laughs> uh, and Alfredo turns to him and he's like, you're going to do what I fucking say, dude. And they start to scuffle. They like shove, push, shove, push. Again, the same vibes from this whole fucking movie. And Sabina tries to stop them. Pero de repente, someone else is here. Who the fuck are you? It's the taxi driver that the mom was fucking earlier. Wow. And the siblings and Scarf all turn to look at him, standing in this great little spotlight in the dark. Cuando, whack, shovel to the face. <laughs> fucking mom is like, en, el, en la esquina con el shovel, and she is like, Whack to the dome. It's really great, actually. Oh, man. I mean, it's and horrible, is... but you telling it is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and she's about to smash that pointy end of the shovel into that dude's fucking cara when Scarf, who is now in a headlock by Alfredo, he like wails. He's like, What the fuck? Yeah. And Mama turns around and she's like, Who brought this fucking guy? And Alfredo says, Yo. From now on, I'm the one who's going to tell the family what to do. Y la mamá está enturcada. She's wow. like, repetime lo que acabas de decir. And Alfredo flings scarf to the side. Bad idea. Yep. De ahora en adelante, yo voy a slap. Oh. Mom slaps him across the face. Doesn't even finish the sentence. Wow. Pero Alfredo, de nuevo, de ahora en adelante, slap, slap again. Oof, and Alfredo, hard, st- hard yeah. really hard. And Alfredo starts to cry. ¿Por qué me odias tanto? Why have you always hated me? Why do you push me aside? Why was I born like this? Why did you make me like this? Mm-hmm. Which all sounds very much like, why am I a cannibal? But also, why am I gay? Why are these feelings arriving now? Like, what is Maybe. it? Like, why sure. do you hate? Uh huh. But it it made me think. Like, well, I'm sorry. Continue, because she says something that I was like, uh-huh. well, th- th- this makes sense. And Mama says, "Yo no hice nada. Ustedes nacieron así. I didn't do anything. You were quote Lady Gaga, born this way." <laughs> Thank you. We should always mention Lady Gaga when we can. But I, this, I was like, no, no. 
I'm so sorry, ma'am. No, because you are the parental figure here. And Mm -hmm. uh, yes, uh, born this way gay. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Born a fucking cannibal. That's what I was thinking here more of it. I was like, of course, of course, was taught by you, ma'am, and your insane now dead husband. You taught your children this. So don't come here being like, not my responsibility. You you are a piece of shit. You were born this way. No, I'm so sorry. No, ma'am. Not the way it works. No. (laughs) Meanwhile, fucking El Taxista is starting to come too. And Julian and Sabina are on top of him trying to hold him down. And mom comes in. She chokes hold El Taxista from behind and Alfredo lands on top of him, punching him in the face, and then he bites off his fucking nose Whoa. and then grabs an acorn, like a something that is in the shape of an acorn. Yeah. Look like a and like, like a a black corn thing. Yeah. Like a or hard a butt fucking plug thing. or something. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> something hard yeah. that looks like an acorn or butt plug. And then he fucking smashes it into his face some more, finally shoving it hard into his mouth. Wow. Just gotta say sorry. that uh yeah, sorry to this man. Awful. Sorry to pero, this man. <laughs> pero this entire family just descended on this poor man, murdered him just all as a yeah. family unit, one happy family. Yeah. But that bitten off nose looked really Oof. good. Really good. The effect looked really, really fucking good. And just to add on to that, the 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 gore that we see in this movie, which is not too much, is no. very good. Like they yeah. give you a shot before of the that poor sex worker's face and it's like the bashed in face it's fucked yeah oh my god so nicely nicely done effects good job gang (laughs) over on skid row the coroner zips the body of the sex worker into a body bag while another girl talks to the detective that we saw earlier that was amongst them and she's like, what are you waiting for, dude? Are you going to fucking do anything? And he's like, mira, I'm over this kind of work. Like, he basically is incredibly dismissive of her. And she's like, he's like, I'm just trying to get this done and get the fuck out of here and be better. And she's like, oh, okay. So you don't want money then. And she offers him a little girl. Oh. And when I talk in little girl, like, she's 10, Max. A di- like, so underage you want to like tuck her into bed at night and read her a story it's so upsetting very upsetting back with la familia it's almost time for el rito which this is where i'll say we don't know what the rito is and what it's for and spoiler alert we never find out no all we know is we assume it means eating people that's about it i think maybe who knows yeah. but a, why is it why does it have to be specific cuz uh, the whole time is like we need it for tomorrow we need it for tomorrow we need it for tomorrow why we never know yeah, yeah. which honestly is very frustrating for me i you know i love answers i know i know yeah yeah <laughs> i don't like a cold case i need it to be give solved give me give me a little more yeah sure i hear I you i need i hear you anyways so they're they're like, oh, it's almost time for the rito when they realize that fucking scarf is nowhere to be found. Because remember when Alfredo flung him mm-hmm. to the side? Not a great Bye. idea. 
Bye. Julian and Alfredo then get into their car and they go to search for him. But Scarf, he like runs into the night. He's running in between cars and trying to hide as their car, like Julian and Alfredo's car, drives by him. He's like hidden behind another car. And when he sees that the guys have driven away, he runs over to a food stand where there's a happens to luckily be a cop there. And he tells him he's being chased, that they want to eat him. And the cops get in their car and they're like, breaker, breaker, one nine, out to the other cops, however it works. Sure. Squad 62. I don't fucking know. Also, thank you for Uh, listening to this man. Thank you for listening to him. (laughs) Seriously. Casimiaogo. Rarity. (laughs) Yeah. But oh, yeah. So the cop is like, breaker, breaker, one nine, here's what's happening. And in the detective's car, his partner is like, oye, aquí están hablando de los canibales. They're right here. They're in this area. And so the detective and his partner are like, sick. We're on the move. So now we have the detective and his partner and like regular officers also like trying to find these guys, the boys. At the house, La Mama and Sabina are lighting candles. The bowl of herbs they were smashing are is like now displayed. The knives are being pulled out. Plastic curtains are being like pulled over and closed. And the body of the taxista is moved closer to the table so that the mom and Sabina can hook them or hook him and lift him up onto the table, which was boof. Tough. Oh, okay. I just need to talk about this very, very quickly because mm-hmm. when they hook him, it it cuts away very, very quickly. You don't see what you see. like but the, the sound. Yes. And you see them in sync, like lift themselves lift. when they've like hooked the man. And I was like, oh my God, the amount of times that they've done this, they know exactly what they're doing. And then you get a shot of where they've hooked him and it's jaw and, and groin. Yep. And they're just like, Hoop, boom, lift, put him on the table. I, again, jaw on the floor. <laughs> I was like, this is <laughs> fucked. Holy shit. Totally. Julian and Alfredo park their car and they start to look for Scarf on foot. Back at the house, Salina makes an incision and drains the blood of this man into that herb bowl that we saw. And then she hammers a shiv or something or a knife or a fucking uh, spackle put her on her like into this guy i don't know tools guys yeah yeah and she looked like to me yeah she does one two three four and then (laughs) we pull out from this shot and we see that she has gone down his sternum and then mom hooks into one side salina onto the other and crack they fucking bust that rib cage wide open oh. it's wild and then they're the just sounds like, the sounds you don't see like the sternum cracking but you when went like through the plastic sheet you see him just kind of like tearing at him with their hooks yeah oh yeah. oh my god rough On the streets, the detective is running around and looking for this guy, but his partner has stayed in the car. When he sees Julian and Alfredo walk by, so he quickly, like quietly gets out and starts following them down an alley. He pulls out his gun. Alto! 
and the boys stop. Pero the officers, like the other actual like street officers who are also looking for the boys, see this guy, the partner, with his gun pulled out, but he's in plain clothes, so they don't recognize him as a cop. And the partner's like, soy policía, chingao. And they're like, uh, we don't know that. Like, you could be anybody. And they're like, put your gun down, put your gun down. So the the partner starts to put his gun down, but the boys see that. So they start to run, which makes the partners bring his gun back up to shoot, which then makes the fucking regular officers shoot the partner dead. And the boys get away. Like, the, I didn't go too deep into the cop storyline, but there's another form of hierarchy conversation in there where Absolutely. they talk to other detectives that are higher status than them that give them a lot of shit about like, oh, you're fucking trying to fu- figure out a cannibal? Okay, good luck. You think that you were the first one to get this case? Nobody yeah. wants to do it. You're just a bunch of piece of shit cops. And then like, here are the regular street officer guys who kill a detective and then they go to the body and they're like fuck we just fucking killed the guy that's above us so it's this other conversation of where we are in our societal place i i actually found the cop hierarchy stuff really really fascinating here Mm -hmm. and our detective wants to solve this case but not to solve it and save people for fame and fortune and to prove a point. Yep. It's not to help people. It's for himself. So Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Back at the house, Sabina is alone with the taxista on the table because the mom like has walked out of the room. She massages his thigh and like bends down and bites it. So gotta like, get it all tender. S- yeah, we're seeing like the cannibal part of her, which is she's into that and thigh. And it's funny because she's the only one we see doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like we don't see like all the times where somebody is biting somebody or doing any sort of like chewing and munching, mm-hmm. it's in attack form. Sure. This is her officially like just here's my meat. Mm-hmm. I this is like I guess She's luxuriating yeah. in like here is my meal. Yeah, absolutely. Which is interesting Look to at point this out. Juicy thigh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but what she doesn't realize is that the detective has made it to her house. And he's walking through and he sees the candles and like the plastic curtains. And when he moves the curtain aside, he sees the dead body and he's like, shit. Pero amor, you don't know who you're fucking with right now. Porque viene la mamá con... And that bitch has sticks all over this fucking house. Everywhere. Shovels, canes, whoever. She is ready to smash a face in. And she does. She smashes that fucking face. Blam, blam, blam. Pero it's not enough because she goes to move the plastic that's covering his face on the ground. And he comes to... He grabs her and brings her to the ground and punches her in the face. And he escapes, runs up the stairs. Bad idea. He can't find an exit. Y de repente ahí viene la mamá corriendo up the stairs and she attacks him and bites at his neck. Again, like what I said, like mm-hmm, it's a, mm-hmm. an attack form of biting. 
pero he wiggles his way out and cha- and he goes down the stairs. She chases him down the stairs. He is freaking out. Oh my god. Freaking out. When she comes up the stairs, he's like, "No, oh. no." It's yeah. it's literally like you're he knows that they're yeah. the cannibals yeah. and he's like, "I'm going to get eaten right now." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as they get down the stairs, she grabs him and they tussle through the house. They like go all around it as she's like fighting him. Cuando del otro cuarto, I love this shot. From the other room, here comes Salina, a la Exorcist 3, crosses the hallway with a hatchet above her head, and bam, we don't see it. All we see her is cross with a hatchet for 0.2 milliseconds. That's it. And bam. Silence. Adios. Mom and Sabina walk away unfazed, como que si nada pasó, and covered in blood. The boys are back home, and they find a gun on the ground. What the fuck happened? And Sabina says that a cop came in. And Alfredo is like, okay, well, we gotta go. This is it. Like, if the cops are on us, we gotta fucking go. Y la mamá is like, no, now she's all about the rito. Yeah, back at it. Yeah. Oh, the, no, we have to do the rito. We have to. If we do the rito, everything will be fixed. Girl. This was where I, you know, I'm okay with loose ends. Usually uh, when it's done, I will say well like this. I thought this was, you know, this was done relatively well. But this was where I was like, I need to know more. What happens? Yes. When, like, if the ritual is performed, what actually happens? Why yes. are you, why will you be okay? Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, this is where I was like, I really wanted to know. Pero... Yes. Sorry, I mean, it was very, It was very frustrating because mm. I was like, why are you all about it? Why is it why now, now essential? And Alfredo mm-hmm. is like, no, dude, we got to fucking go. Cuando de repente todos los relojes en la casa start to go off. <gasps> ding, dang, dong, bing, bong, boom, yeah. bong. And why now? Why now? Why, why must it be now? performed now? Oh, my God. At this yeah. time, why do we have an alarm set yeah. for All this? these fucking clocks? All these fucking why? clocks. Yeah. Alfredo grabs his mother's face and he says, we have to go. We cannot do it now. We have to go. And she gives in, and they go. And they try and run out up by the roof. Pero shit, the cops are here. Julian shoots one cop dead right away as they barged into the house. And the other cops are shooting back as the familia runs up the stairs. Now, this is the shot that I was like, oh, this is kind of parasite-y. Because we linger for a really long time on a shot of the stairs. Which... I remember when Parasite came out, there was this thing about how, you know, everybody, we had the rich family that lived in their fancy house. We had this Mm. medium family who lived in a weird underground kind of place Mm -hmm. that when it rained, it would get flooded and all that stuff. And then there were the people in the bottom, bottom of the house. Yes, (laughs) yes. By the way, spoilers for Parasite if you haven't seen it. Sorry. But like, and I remember an article saying all the stairs just show the different places in society that we're discussing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, interesting that we lingered so long in this shot of the stairs and we have all these conversations of like where your position is amongst who you're around. Anyways. Definitely. 
So the family hides in one of the rooms as the cops quietly go up the stairs. Outside the house, a crowd has started to gather, including a bunch of sex workers. Mm-hmm. Inside, Alfredo says, we gotta get to the roof. We have to do it no matter what. So they run down the hall, but the cops are there, so they shoot at them. So the the four split up into the two rooms that face each other. Julian and Sabina in one, and Alfredo and mom in the other. Sabina is losing her shit. She is freaking the fuck out. First time that we see her lose her cool in this movie. Yeah, this was surprising to me how much she lost her shit. Wow. And, like, we see Alfredo really watching her, really Mm. paying attention. Like, she, something is... And I, again, this movie doesn't reveal very much and lets you try to figure it out on your own. But I was like, what is the purpose of all this? Like, what is he trying to figure out? Or what is. Ojos, ojos, ojos. Staring at her. So the mom is screaming, Vámonos, nos van a matar. Es por el rito. Someone needs to survive for the rito. So Alfredo, after eyeballing. Sabina for so long runs across the hallway gets shot while he's running and gets to the other room where his other siblings are Julian this whole time has been trying to shoot at the cops y la mamá en el otro cuarto which has the door to go out to the roof is like all right, well, y'all can go fuck yourselves. And she runs out and escapes. Her onto kids. Onto the roof. Her kids. Her fucking her kids. kids. Bye. And she runs on that roof and just keeps running. Goes, bye. Mm-hmm. E, the sex workers out on the street, look up at the rooftops and they see her running. Ooh. And they start to uh, disperse, if you will. <laughs> Alfredo, who's been shot and lying on the ground and, like, trying to, like, figure out all this madness, suddenly lunges at Sabina and is biting her. Biting her neck, biting her her arms and stuff, which enrages Julian. And he's like, no, get off her. What the fuck are you doing? Get off her. But Alfredo persists. And we see him put something inside her hand. Mm -hmm. And he lunges again at her. And Julian, with that gun, shoots his brother in the head. Wow. Outside the room, the the cops have arrived close enough. And they shoot Julian in the back. And then come into the room and bam, bam, bam. Like shoot him dead in front of Sabina, who is on the ground, holding her head, sobbing violently. Now, I think... Because mm-hmm. I was like, why did he fucking attack her like that? What is mm-hmm. he doing? Mm-hmm. But I think he knew that Julian was good. He's got a temper. He's a hothead. I think he knew that he was going to shoot him, that this was going to happen. What do you think? I'm going to tell you what I think once I'm finished with this film. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Let's get there. We're almost there, everybody. Outside, La Mama has made it out, and she's sitting at the bottom of a slide in a playground. One by one, the sex workers surround her. Back at the house, over in the walkie, the cops are like, okay, it's all clear, but we do have one survivor, and that survivor is Sabina. They take her out in a stretcher, and as she's lying there, she opens her hand, and she pulls out the thing that Alfredo put in her hand before he died. 
It's the strip of paper that the woman gave him on the train that says, Estás vivo. In the house, Julian's dead body lies on top of Alfredo and a cop covers it with a plastic tarp. In the playground, the mom lies on the ground, beaten to death. Can I just say very quickly how much I love this shot of the mom? I mean, it's awful of the mom dead. So good. I love that it's in a playground. Mm-hmm. A place where a place for children. For children. This is what you get for having yep. raised your ch- for having taught them these awful, awful things. This is it. I I thought that was so smart and so yeah. dark. Fuck. Anyway, continue. Totally. We're almost there. Now we see the outside of a hospital, and Sabina is escaping. She walks out in her gown and no shoes onto the streets, and she's looking at all the people milling about. She stands in one spot, and she sees a man, a very thin-looking, gaunt man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And she makes eye contact with him, and it's prolonged. And she stares, she smiles wickedly, fin de la película. Funny that you now say do you wanna know? A, a gaunt man because I was like, "That's your next meal, honey." I, I know. Guess, girl, I guess you got to start is a small. I guess. Meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please go ahead. Tell me what you think. So I think Alfredo bit her on purpose mm-hmm. to make it look like she was a victim of this cannibal family. Totally. And also, if she was a victim. Or if they thought she was a victim, she would survive and she would be able to continue the ritual. Yeah. And because he attacked Sabina, I think he also knew that Julian, who is perhaps in love with his sister or ancestrally has feelings for her, he would be a hothead and kill him. Absolutely. And in that way, he's probably like, oh, and the cops are right there. We're definitely not making it. We're not yeah. making it. Our mom yeah. has run out that onto the se- onto the roofs. We're not making it. So yeah. I think it was him sacrificing himself to keep Sabina alive because he knew at the end of the day, and we watched it through this film, that she was the most capable out of all of them to continue mm-hmm. the family. And honestly, she was the one who most wanted to she was always like the rito we gotta get somebody we need to get somebody to get somebody and another um interesting observation here is that when he bites her and attacks her she doesn't fight him off she just sits no it's like she knows she knows like oh okay got it we'll make it look this way and we'll continue it i have one more question one more question for you Uh uh-huh who do you think poisoned the dad (gasps) okay want me to tell you who i think i did did it no you tell me first you tell me you want me to well, go? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go, 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 please. I think it was Sabina. Interesting. Why do you think that? Because of her like wily ways. I'm uh-huh. like, she wanted to be the leader. And she knew what she was doing when she was like, Alfredo, you're, <laughs> Alfredo, we all know you suck and you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the woman behind the chair, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm Lady M in mm-hmm. this business, then I can wield the power even if it's from second hand. You know what I mean? Interesting. Sure. What did you think? Well, I, first I was like, I felt like the obvious choice was the mom because, you know, all of the sex workers, she, you know, clearly was not 
pleased about that. But mm. then, I mean, again, this is very much open to interpretation. I think he poisoned himself. Because when he's looking at himself in the glass, he's like, uh-huh. you like, and the mom says it later, like, we're monsters. So I almost feel like the, the at least the parents of this family, these kids are getting older. They're realizing like, what, what are we fucking doing? So yeah. I was like, could be he poisoned himself unless we That's missed great... something in the movie. I don't think there was anything else that was offered. I don't think so either, which is another reason why I think. Uh, Sabina really like munching on that thigh and like doing that whole jam. Mm. Why we see her revel in it is mm-hmm. so telling that everybody else seems to be very iffy about this, the way they lead their lives. Yeah. But Sabina is like, no, I like it. Oh, yeah. She's like, I love fucking human meat. I love this shit. It's delicious. Exactly. All right. Well, let's get into some trivia. Okay. All right, everybody. This is my trivia for today. So first of all, I just wanted to say loved the music in this movie. Thought it was delightful. So I stuck around for the credits and I found out that the music was composed by Enrico Chapella. It was very... um, chamber orchestra-y, you know, stringy, yeah, Mm -hmm. but very, like, spare, just like a Mm -hmm. over here, you know? The last last moment, uh, right when we see Sabina, like, do that evil smile, Mm -hmm. there is this swell, and then we get the title card again, and I was like, ooh, that's a good little swell of music there. And it sounded to me, I was like, this sounds like chamber orchestra- a la death metal, you know? Yeah, So, so yeah, so let's talk about this guy. So Enrico Chapella was born January 29th, 1974. He is an Aquarius. He is a Mexican contemporary classical composer whose works have been played by multiple major orchestras, and he has been commissioned to compose for institutions such as the Los Angeles Philharmonic, the National Center for the Performing Arts in Beijing, and the Festival Internacional Cervantino. His work is influenced by modern popular musical styles such as rock and electronic, as well as Mexican popular culture. Nice. Chapela received his bachelor's degree in composition from the Centro de Investigación y Estudios Musicales and studied classical guitar at the Associated Board of Royal Schools of Music in England. He later received his master's from the University of Paris, Saint-Denis, in 2008. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is cool right here. In addition to his career as a composer... Chapella has also played guitar in a heavy metal band, which I was like, oh. There you go. There we go. That makes sense. So check out his music. It's out there, everybody. Super cool. All right? It's very, yeah. very good. You'll, <laughs> if you watch this movie, you'll definitely be like, whoa, really fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, it, so, it does sound great. Yeah. Now, let's talk about Iraida Noriega, who was the woman on the subway train who was singing the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she was born in Mexico City, August 16th of 1971. She is a Leo. Madonna's birthday. Yeah, Madonna's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 
There we go. She's a Mexican singer, composer, and radio host currently considered the exponent of national jazz with the most solid and constant career. All right. Clearly, this was Google <laughs> translated. Listen to this line, everybody. I mean, I should have gone over this before, but listen to this. <laughs> This Google translated Google. line. Oh my God. So it says here she was born in 1971, like I said, in Mexico City, and is the daughter of the musician and lyricist Freddy Noriega and Esperanza, a salty Cuban woman and lover of the arts. <laughs> salty? Okay, salty. Google Translate. Wow. Okay. A salty Cuban woman. A salty Cuban woman. It says here that in 1990, she traveled to New York City to study at the City College, where she met teachers like Sheila Jordan, Mimi Dates, all a bunch of people, everybody like jazz people. And uh, they basically like influenced her and her style and her music. Since then, she has performed international concerts in L.A., Boston, New York, Houston, Bogota, Madrid, as well as uh, performed a bunch in Mexico at the Palacio de Bellas Artes, which is very, Ooh, very cool. Very the Metropolitan nice. Theater, the Nezahualcoyotl Hall, the National Center of the Arts, the Lunario, and countless cultural festivals and jazz clubs. Go, girl. So, yeah, she is rocking it. And by the way, the song that she sung in the movie is called... Atardecer Huasteco. So check it out, everybody. It's just Beautiful. gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Those high notes where she's like, ah. -na -na <laughs> just a little flip. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Jorge Michel Grau. So you can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Jorge Michel Grau. He is the writer and director of our film. So on his Twitter, I actually found uh, this website that was linked there, which is co-lab.mx. So check it out. And I was like, what is this? So I looked it up. Co-lab co is a virtual lab of content and ideas promoted where script writing for audiovisuals, podcasts, and literary texts is creatively experienced. Ideas are transcended, stories are woven, and artistic universes are conquered. A community is forged, a creative collection and a circle of friends with a single objective is created, I guess. Uh, and that objective is to tell stories. Contar historias. Nice. We land your ideas. We propose premises. We develop adaptations. We research the markets, trends, and audiences with the aim of creating high-quality content to break into artistic fields, cultural scenes, and the entertainment industry. Which led me to their podcast. Cool. Oh, no way. So their podcast is called Guionistas Sin Guion, which it says here, the members of CoLab Historias para Llevar discuss everything related to script writing in Spanish. Among themselves and with guests, they share their experiences and the problems they face as screenwriters in the film and television industry in Latin America and Spain. Dope. Very, very cool. I also found some cool articles with Grau. This one is from IndieWire, written by Nigel M. Smith, December 3rd <laughs> of 2010. <laughs> so it says here that the nuclear unit, the family portrayed in Somos Lo Que Hay, is very much similar to Grau's own. He actually grew up in the neighborhood depicted in the film. Mm -hmm. 
And he says here that my father was was absent for most of my childhood. He went to work at 6 a.m. and didn't come home till 9 in the evening. My closest relationship was with my mother and grandmother who lived nearby. And the relationship between the two brothers in my film is actually quite similar to the relationship I had with my brother. There is a certain degree of tension and rivalry, which is very true, but also a lot of love. So I thought it'd just be interesting to mention that this movie was remade. And I've actually seen the remake uh, years ago. I don't know why. I think what I remember is like I watched the remake which, from what I remember, is actually quite different from this movie. Well, it's um, two daughters and a and a dad. A dad, isn't it? yes, it's two daughters and a dad. And uh, uh, what's her name from um, Julia Ozark? Julia Garner. Yes, is that her no, name? Something like that. Uh, the one yeah. that yells. It's a famous TikTok sound. If you wanna, if you wanna get rid of me, you're gonna have to fucking kill me. <laughs> I've never seen that show. Me neither. Yeah, it great. seems intense. But, you know, I found this article, which I found interesting. So it's actually an interview with Grau and Jim Mickle, who directed the remake. Interesting. It, the article was written by Eric Cohn, May 31st of 2013. And so Grau is asked, when did you first start thinking that the film could be remade? And so Grau responds, the two producers, Rodrigo Bellot and Andrew Corkin, contacted me to ask if I wanted to make the remake. Oh. He says, I never considered that option. Really, I think that's more an American idea, which I was like, yep, that's for damn sure. And then it says, the interview continues, he says, and now you, Grau, are directing the sequel. Huh? Do you want to of, import of anything the Ameri- from the first of film? Of the American one? Apparently, they were going to do like, Somos lo que hay, we uh, are what we are, and then another one is what I'm understanding. And Grau said here, also a reminder, this was this interview happened in 2013. He says here, I don't know. I'm working on the treatment, and I want to respect the first idea of an intimate family contained in a tiny story. Couldn't find anything else about where this went. Maybe we will get another film in this series, which I guess, you know, would be like the long lost cousin of Kronos in some weird ass way. Uh, But anyway, that is my trivia for today. I have a little bit more on Jorge Michel Grau. I found uh, a blog spot uh, blog called Cine en Nueva York, un blog de Cristian del Moral. This is from February 17th, 2011. And uh, he interviews Jorge Michel Grau, who was in New York, um, I believe, doing like an IFC. uh, Was presenting it at IFC Center. So to go off of what you said um, about stuff in the 70s, the, the interviewer asks, what was your biggest influence um, in this movie. And he says, fortunately, there are many references in the film to the cinema of the 70s. My father had a video store. It was his business when I was a child. And when the big video store chains came in, the business failed. What my dad did was keep all the movies in my living room. And I grew up watching 70s movies. Can you imagine just having a whole house blockbuster style? Love my dream. A dream. 
However, I think that now we make very good movies, but 70s movies in Mexico are iconic for us. <laughs> it is very important in the development of language and in the approach to the characters. Some of the films that marked me and made me a filmmaker are Ripstein's El Castillo de la Pureza from 1973 oh. and Los Albañiles, 1976, which was by Jorge Fons. So, and just going off of what you said, that he grew up in the same area where that movie was shot. In one interview, you said that you feel very comfortable inside of, of, inside of violence as a narrative vehicle. And when I went to see the film, I thought a lot of people would leave, but that's not how it went. It wasn't as violent as as many people were expecting. Hmm. How did you achieve this balance? And and Jorge Michel says, well, I grew up in the neighborhood and my family still lives there, actually. Um, it's in Ciudad de México, Culhuacán, south of La Ciudad de México. And, and that's what I meant to say that I was comfortable. I grew up there and the violence was every day. Surviving wow. on the street the way that one could. So the interviewer asks, cannibalism is a, only a pretext to speak about several different themes. The role of women in the family, uh, sexual orientation, political corruption, uh, and minors, uh, corruption of minors. Where hmm. did this idea of social film come from with the touch of cine fantástico? And Jorge says, I thought at the beginning that the best way to put the metaphor of the film in the film was to ignore it. The metaphor that I want to handle or that I am trying to do is that the only predator of the human being is the human being himself. And what better metaphor than that they were cannibals? Also, cannibalism as a metaphor gave me many possibilities on how it was the abuse of an of a minority. For example, there's always constant abuse of minors, the defenseless. In this case, the family attacks street children or prostitutes, but the policemen attack each other, and a more senior policeman attacks his partner. And with all this social exercise of police corruption, of the prostitutes giving away a girl as long as they murder someone, that this happens in real life in Mexico. That is cannibalism, and in the end, we are all cannibals. Which I thought was very interesting. Okay, let's talk about Alan Chavez, who played Julian. This movie is dedicated to Alan because he unfortunately passed away right before it was released. So, in the Wikipedia for Alan Chavez, it says... Alan Chavez, born in Tampico, Tamaulipas, the 23rd of December of 1990, Capricorn, and died on the 12th of September 2009, so he was 19 years old, this baby, was a Mexican actor with, at only 18, was considered to be one of the biggest promises um, in Mexican cinematography. In 2008, he was honored in Toulouse, France, uh, and was named one of the new faces of Latin American film. 
Unfortunately, he passed away when he was confronted with police somehow. So it seems to be a police-related death. He started his career in the cast of Bisbirrije, which was a show on Canal 11. But then he was also uh, called to act act in some telenovelas in Televisión Azteca. His film debut was in 2004 in the film Voces Inocentes from Luis Mandoki. Oh, okay. And he was supposed to have the lead role, but his rebel image that he projected made the director actually give him a different uh, casting choice. Hmm. And uh, and he was more of the villain. <laughs> it says here, una especie de villano infantil. Oh, <laughs> so, all right. A fucking child villain. and But he got great criticas like people loved him as this villainous child character after voces inocentes alan works in uh some minor films and television until he gets the opportunity to work in two major films which were partes usadas in 2007 and la zona in also 2007 which he was nominated for un ariel which is a big deal wow Mm -hmm. Alan Chavez died the 12th of September in 2009 when he was confronted by police. He was involved in a fight in the outside of a party in the neighborhood of Coyoacán. And he was shot in the heart. And he was still alive when he got to the hospital, but he died when he got there. And he's buried in San Lorenzo Tesonco in Iztapalapa. When he died, he had three movies that were still about to be released. Más Allá del Muro from 2010, Amaneceres Oxidados also from 2010, y Somos Lo Que Hay. And he he was nominated uh, for the Ariel shows for uh, in 2008 for the movie La Zona and in 2008 also for the movie Partes Usadas. So may he rest this sweet young boy... He did a great job. He did. And that's the end of my trivia. Fab. You want to answer some questions for me? Of course. Eileen, were you scared? No, not really. Were you? I wrote a little yes. Just like there were there was a brief moment, which I'll tell you in just a brief moment what it was. So I was like, sure, a tiny, tiny bit. What yeah. was your best scare? The moment where the sex worker is on the table and she's watching them like hand each other knives, it was that was very that was Creepville five thousand. And that you? was that was mine too. That felt very real, you know. Yes, that felt yeah. very very real and very scary. I will give a shout out to the mother and Sabina performing the rito because I was like, yeah. this is fucked. Damn, creepy. Who was your favorite character? Sabina. Mm-hmm. And you? I have two. I wrote the mother. Forgive me. I mean, no, uh, she this, was great. She was great. This actress, Carmen Beato, I believe is her name. Carmen Beato yeah. is so good. And look, so good. she is a mon. She said it herself. She is a monster. But mm-hmm. damn, I was taken by this performance. And I just want to give a little shout out to that 
crazy wild-haired manager. <laughs> I loved yes, her. Yes, the manager. <laughs> Me too. I'm going to give her a yeah. shout-out too. Got to give her a little shout-out. What was your best line? Well, one of them was, nosotros somos unos monstruos, Julian, which mm-hmm. I was like, boy, 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 boy. <laughs> um, the other one, just because I love the way she delivered it, was, querían cogerse a mis hijos, ¿no? Pues esto les va a pasar si se vuelven a acercar a mi familia. Cerdas. Because I was like, ooh, Whoa. don't, like, you don't, don't, yeah. don't. Don't mess with her. Although yeah. they did, and you know, shouldn't mess with the sex workers. Actually, bitch, don't Fuck fucking mess with find them. Out. Exactly. What was your favorite line? My best line was "Lo que sigue es ponernos a temblar porque nos vamos a morir." That line mm-hmm. by the mom. I was like, oh, that made me sad. That line. Yeah. What was your best death? It was, it's got to be the detective for me. The way that Sabina comes mm-hmm. out into the, I shout out to the shovel to the face at the taxista. Cause I mm-hmm. mean, that didn't kill him, but that moment was so fucking great. But just seeing Sabina like with that hatchet up over her head, like calmly walk by, loved it. Con- cool it as a cucumber. The coolest cuke and two that ever cuked. Uh, and two, mine and two. <laughs> We're doing great. Mine was the mom coming in with that. I think it was a cane, just bashing in, Ooh. bashing at the the sex worker on the table. That was so awful. Yeah, that was fucked. so awful. So it's got to take it for me. Good lord. For sure. Did you learn anything about the culture? Not really. I feel, uh, what was the, no, 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 not really. Esquincles? Esquincles. I'd never heard that before, yeah. but, so I guess, sure, I learned one thing, that I you knew. can call someone esquincles. esquincles. Is that I a kn- bad word? <laughs> no, I think it just means little kids. I think you call little kids esquincles. Uh, I remember that from, like, when my parents lived in Mexico City. I don't, I'm going to say no. I don't think I yeah. learned anything here. Hmm. Anyway, uh, how many ooys? Do you give this movie? Just because I have a lot of questions still unanswered that Mm -hmm. I really would have liked, I'm going to give this movie three. Mm -hmm. Genuinely solid. Um, I was confused a lot. A lot of eyes, just like, (laughs) what do all these eyes mean, you guys? Just give me one mini... Again, I know I'm a dummy, but sometimes you got to slap me across the face, and Mm -hmm. I needed just... One or two slaps when it came to this. Uh, but great performances, nuance as hell, and um, yeah, three. Itu. I'm going to give this movie four ooies. Wow, I, okay. I thought this was, you know, I was kind of waffling between three and a half and four, but this is his, this movie, this man's debut feature film. Yeah. And I think it's strong, you know, so fuck it, four. Um, the... I will say there were like some editing things that I was like, I don't know, this that were weird, weirdly done. I do mm-hmm. like it's not a long movie, but I feel like it was slow. Yeah. Sometimes it takes its time, which isn't always a bad thing, but I do feel like you could shave off a little bit there. And also something that bothers you sometimes in films bothered me a little bit here. Shocker. Which is yeah. <laughs> The 
punches were <laughs> not committed sometimes. You're talking about when the detective punched the mom? Because that yeah. punch, I was like, I, where'd that punch that go? That was bad. It went nowhere. And there were like, yeah. even there was one time where um, Alfredo was on top of the dude who he shoved the acorn and bit off his nose. He's like beating him with it. And I was like, I don't believe that. I'm not buying it. <laughs> I'm buying it. It's still like, yeah. I was still like, it's great. This is a cool sequence. But I was yeah. like, you know, like I said, land those punches. Commit. You got to land commit them. Commit to it. That being said, I'm giving this movie a four because. I just like even though lots of loose ends, I appreciate that in a certain way. I would love to know more, but it it built enough of a mystery that I was really fascinated. I think it says incredible things about power dynamics, hierarchy, dynamics. classism or classicism, as I like to say. <laughs> um, and it really felt like it, it said so much about family to me yeah. and like we must continue tradition we must we must no you don't you actually don't have to you absolutely don't sometimes especially you especially if it's this cannibalism <laughs> and i just like i was like that is so interesting to me like you are allowed to break the cycle mm. let it go question it if something doesn't feel right don't do it yeah. Break yourself free from it if it's not working for you. I thought that was just really, really that's an idea that was presented me presented to me super strong with this film, which I thought was Estás incredible. Vivo. Is that right? You're alive. Fuck it. Go make out with Gustavo and don't eat him. Let's go. Let's fucking, you know, whatever. <laughs> um and you know, last but not least, from what I understand, the Kronos connection is not it's just an homage. That's what it is. It's just yeah. an homage. There was no, there was no like further. Oh, remember thing. that man that was a vampire many right. years there was, ago? It's like, not no. about that. It's just like, no. that, it's an homage to a director, to GDT, who Grau, uh, uh, from what I understand, deeply respects, which I think is mm -hmm. a lovely thing. Like that scene, from what I remember, is like pretty like verbatim. That's the scene that's in Kronos. Here it is here. And I was like, what a quirky thing to do. Yeah. Which I really appreciate it. So, four. I think it's good. You should watch this movie, everybody. Get it's into it. It's a great it. movie, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, let's get out of this fucking uh, dingy house and, um, you know, see if we can snack on something that isn't a man's thigh. No. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us. We appreciate every single one of you every single time. Uh Please remember to subscribe and review wherever you listen, en cualquier plataforma. You can follow us on our redes sociales at Uyquerror on Instagram and Twitter. You can find every single one of our movies on our link tree, which is linktr.ee slash Uyquerror. Send us an email the way that Alan did to suggest this movie <laughs> at Uyquerror at gmail.com. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Alan. And... Thank you to Sonoro for being the eye sockets that hold our ojos. That you can find them <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram at Sonoro Podcast. And Johnny, I think I said this in Green Inferno. Say it again. If you ever needed to take a bite out of a somebody, out of a somebody, I would let it be me. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> I got plenty to go around. So if you want to invite somebody over, there's another thigh for you to munch on. As long as I, I get like, to massage it first. 
please do. I would love it. My favorite thing. I fucking love you, dude. I fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. Uy, qué horror. Es una producción de Sonoro. Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark. Edición y mezcla, Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy, qué horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adios. Adios.